This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. They are pretenders among us, people who have mastered their ability to hide their pain, failures, struggles, and inadequacies in life. People who have the ability to mask their imperfections through material wealth and careers. In the last 20 years, social media has exploded and incubated these pretenders to grow in number and attitude. But one day in 2016, one of these pretenders broke away. This is his story. Hey, it's been a long time coming, but I'm back for season two of The Pretender and it's good to be back. Welcome to the show. My name is Jay and this is The Pretender Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to listen to the latest episode of the Pretender Podcast on the AfriPods Network right here in Africa. You can also listen to this podcast on iTunes, Teacher, Amazon, Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast network of your choice. If you're listening to me for the very first time, I'm a regular guy podcasting from Southern Africa, and I share my real-life experiences with other regular people. My life is not perfect and neither is yours. I'm a believer and a Christian and that's what keeps me afloat. This doesn't shield me or give me any sort of immunity from the challenges of life, but I have the greatest treasure in life and that's hope in Christ. When all else fails, that alone is my solid ground to persevere through this life. What is your hope based on? In today's show, I talk to Mrs. Pretender herself, my wife Sarah, about how she has walked with me through this journey and how she has borne the brand of the pain as she helped hold us together in our most difficult times. We talk about other stuff too, lots of other stuff. We were both a little bit nervous but warmed right into it along the way. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Pretender Podcast uh, Season 2. My first guest is Sarah. Sarah happens to be my wife, and she has been gracious enough to give me an opportunity to hear her side of the coin, but also to give her perspective of life, but also just to get to know who she really is. Uh, Welcome to the show, babe. (laughs) Thank you. So um, before we get right into it, I'm just going to try and give a brief intro of her. Um, I've known Sarah for 14 years, married to her eight of those years. She is the love of my life, mother of my children, pillar of support, and sometimes even pillow of my head. (laughs) (laughs) She's one of the most intelligent people I know, and she's as hardworking as I could ever imagine, a supportive and very tolerant but firm in her beliefs. Sarah does have a life of her own. Um, two, she is a biomedical technologist and has over 12 years experience in the biomedical field. She works in the Cancer Diseases Hospital uh, in the capital of Zambia. She's also finding her feet in entrepreneurship and has decided she wants to be a milk mom. Uh, so she's venturing in dairy farming as part of our family farm. Um, my kids call her mama. I call her babe. Uh, and we really don't know and care what she does when she's in the hours she's away from home. Uh, so long we know what we're having for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> we 
<laughs> Welcome to the show, babe. <laughs> Great stuff. So, I, I want us to start uh, somewhere that takes us back through memory lane. And um, this is back when we met 14 years ago. It seems like we've been together forever, right? Um, we met in our 20s. And uh, we were mostly just... Uh, Teenagers, right? But look at look at us now. Gray hair for me. <laughs> so I I thought the greatest achievement you'd have in my life was making me give up basketball. But it seems to me, and looking back now, that the greatest achievement will always be putting up with my stubbornness. Can you remember those days we we met the first time we met uh, 14 years ago? Yeah, I still remember. Talk me through what you remember of those days. <laughs> well, I remember meeting you for the first time in Monica's room. I don't even know where you were coming from. Basketball, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I remember um, my because my, my 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 stove. Um, I don't even know what had happened to my stove that day, but I asked Monica if I could cook from her room, and. I walked, I opened Monka's door and straight looked at the window. There you were standing. And I think I greeted you. And you said something like you liked my smile. And I was chuffed. <laughs> <laughs> and I think a day or two. You did say something back, though. Do you remember what you said when I said I like your smile? I don't remember. What you said you like my eyes. Then, I mean, chemistry already. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, so from that time, the next, after a day or two, I think we met again. And, uh, well, I don't know if we became friends, but uh, it started from there. Okay. Yeah. Looking back at it um, now, it's it's hard to think about a time when we've not been together. I think it's it's crazy how you get so used and sometimes take it for granted when you're with someone for so long that there's such a part of your whole life, your routine, mm-hmm. that I I can't remember a time when you are not um, we are not together. That's why it's so hard for, for me when you leave for a day or two, a week. I feel like something is really missing. So it's amazing how far we've come. And yeah. I believe we still have a long way to go in our lives, um, if yeah. God would be gracious to us. Well, obviously, from becoming friends, we dated mm-hmm. for a long, long time. Six years. Yeah, six years. And uh, finally got married. Do you remember the vows? 
Okay, good. So we're going to play a little game. Okay. And I want you to play along with me. Sure. And I want you to read uh, these vowels. I take you. Should I put your name? Oh. <laughs> read exactly what's there. So okay, cool. I take you, the pretender. <laughs> to be my husband, to have and to hold from this day forward for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death do us part according to God's holy law. And this is my solemn vow. That is essentially what you did. Then you and I became Mr. and Mrs. Pretender. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, when we speak about our relationship, I think there's a lot of things that have changed over the years, mm. and there's a lot that we've been through. Uh, but I think one thing that has grown is um, our love for one another. True. Um, and I think especially from my end, my love for you has grown immensely because I did not think that there would be anyone who would put up with my stubbornness. <laughs> Eish, you're so stubborn. <laughs> oh, man. But there's also a good part of you, though. Is there? Yeah, there is. Well, can I hear it? Because I don't hear it often enough. No, you, you're, you're a very considerate person. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Obviously, I brought you on this podcast because for the past uh, almost half a year or so, um, I've been speaking about my experiences, but in reality, they are not my experiences. They are our experiences and what we've been through. And But there's a side to it, and the fact is it's been my voice Um uh, talking about this but i really want um you to speak about our experiences from your perspective and to give um the listeners a complete picture of how real life is and has been for us and um the ups uh, and downs that we've gone through and uh, i want i want us to start um with our life has been wonderful. It was wonderful when we got married. Mm. And um, less than a year, or perhaps a year into our marriage, uh, we hit with our first tragedy. Mm. Uh, let's talk about Ryan and the story that changed our lives forever. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone would understand how much it's impacted our lives. It's something that I sometimes catch myself uh, and say, well, you need to leave this behind, which I have. But it's a part of our story. Sure. It has to be there. I speak about it not as someone who has not moved on, but uh, because it was such a heavy blow for us. Mm -hmm. Can you talk me through um, uh, Ryan and what he meant, what has meant to us, and how that uh, changed our, our outlook in life? Um, surprisingly... That pregnancy was the easiest uh, of them all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we had so much 
um, we 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 didn't expect that the outcome would be that bad uh it, it's an experience which you would never wish anyone to go through so when that happened it's like the whole world just turned against us i don't i i don't even know how up to today i don't even know how to explain this because it's such an heavy thing that i don't even know how i can ima- how i can even explain it because it, it takes me back to that day when we lost that child and i prayed to god for a different outcome but it had to be like that i guess it's because god wanted us to go through that for a reason and child loss especially not not that i mean any child loss is is bad but the first child you was it, 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 it's 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 a new marriage you are excited about having this child and it hits you like that you can't explain it you can't explain it but all i can say is it changed our lives forever yeah i definitely uh, can't say more than i've said before but i think when i look back on that day and look back in that time i i always had my pain but i was thinking about you a lot during that time and we had other challenges at the time we're trying we're moving to a new city we're trying to get you settled as well because i had a new job at the time and you were moving to a new city from another town to a new job and we had a challenge in that and we we looked so much forward to just focusing on having this child in the house and and i thought that you had had enough up to that point that that wasn't going your way and then to get something else and not not just something else that was a big thing um it really hurt me from that perspective and um i, I think for me at the time it was difficult to grasp it was difficult to handle because i didn't have a lot of people who had that such experience to help me but I think I remember just feeling the pain for you and bearing it for both. Mm. It took me longer to come out of it. Um you are more stronger than than I I could imagine in that moment as well. Well, you see when you go through such an experience, 
as a woman because uh, I don't know how it is on the other side but I know it's it's just as painful as it is for a woman but it leaves you with that emptiness such such that you think having another child would help would help um, uh, fill that gap not necessarily that uh, the the lost child will be replaced but there's that desire to have another child you know like holding a child in your hands would to some extent help uh fill that that gap and i think most people who have gone through that would agree with me that um the loss of a child leaves that emptiness within you you feel like a part of you has been ripped off yeah yeah and i like that you speak about the desire to have more a, a child another child to kind of uh, uh feel that emptiness or that gap um one of the strangest things that at least happened to me and i've told you this um, was when we did have our next child and and uh, such a lovely little boy he is <laughs> it's such a confounding experience because you have like both joy and sadness at the same time can you talk me through what that was like for you because the first thing that uh, that kicks in your mind is that this is a different person. Yes, yes. Um, you you are excited. You are grateful that you have God has granted you this um, this child, another child. But also at the back of your mind, there's always that uh, thing that would imagine how the other child would have been. You know, um, the. Um, I wonder if he would have been talkative or he would have been reserved or, you know, those kind of things. So every time you look at this child, it, 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 take, it does take you back to the, the lost child, how that child would have turned out to be, you know? Yeah. And do you also, did you at least also think about them being together, like growing up together as well? Absolutely. Yeah. I wonder often um, the experience of child loss and um, the pain that it brings uh, resultantly. Does that affect, or has it affected your desire for more children? The whole process, and um, oh. because definitely, can I just say it? I wanted four kids. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when when you, when you go through child loss, to be honest, the desire is not there because you are thinking, what if the same thing happens? Mm. I mean, there's no guarantee that if you try for the next child, everything will come will, will go on smoothly. So you are you you are caught in between you are not sure should i should i 
should I, should I try f- for another child? Should we not? But again, I think for me what helped me the most was that if it goes right, the joy that we'll get. So maybe uh, trying for another child would be better than not trying because at least if I get to a point where I look back, uh, at least I'll, I'll be able to say, I tried. Okay. I tried as compared to not trying. Okay. That certainly gives me hope that we may have... No, no. <sighs> Man, I was, I was almost... <laughs> <We're done>. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, in, in all these things, like, uh, uh, we, we start on a very heavy note. Um, we talk about it um, lightly now because we have, it's been years. We still remember this experience. But really, um, it wasn't long after when we had our first child, but immediately we're having our first child, uh, our second child rather, and we are celebrating this wonderful gift experience for us, a first of a living child mm-hmm. in the home that also things drastically change. So, um, if I may put a context, we're moving into a new city. We just got married. Um, you haven't settled into a new job yet. And we're ex- uh, expecting to have a child. We go through the pregnancy and boom. Um, when we're supposed to have a child on that day, the child dies. And then you heal from that. A year later, we have a new child. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, but just as you're kind of settling into that, uh, this guy is <laughs> quitting his job. Imagine, who does that? You know, <laughs> so when I think about it, you haven't caught a break. No, I, I haven't. <laughs> so, so let's dive deep in. So I call you a victim because, um, you see, when I met you, mm-hmm. we planned to spend the rest of our lives together. And, and it was supposed to be beautiful. We're talking about Disney stuff here, storybook stuff, uh, fairy tale <laughs> kind of thing. Name it. <laughs> but eight years later, this, this has been good in this, in our life. Definitely, 100%. Mm. But this isn't the life I sold you. I sold you a different sort of life. Mm. Um, so, I, I, I really feel that from that perspective and all the other things you have to endure and tolerate, um, you are a victim because of that. So when I decided to quit my job, it changed our lives, the next phase of our lives at least. Um, and it changed your life as well forever. Can you still remember that day and walk us through that day and, and the day that I quit my job, how it made you feel, what, uh, as we dig deeper into this? Um, to be honest, I, 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 I still remember that day very well. Mm-hmm. And 
you knock off from work and I'm heavily pregnant mm. in I don't know I don't know if it's three or four months time you are telling me that you are not renewing your contract uh, I I was shocked yes but I didn't care about it so much because I was at a, I was in a phase where I wanted the child so much that I didn't pay so much attention to what the consequences of uh, loss of your job would bring or the situation that we would find ourselves in after the after you quit your job so my number one priority at the time was taking good care of myself and making sure that we have this child when i look back 8 years it's 6 oh 6 years yeah. <laughs> 6 years I think I would have handled it differently. Okay. Because we have gone through so much and if I had known that this is what we would, what it would mean for us I would definitely not want to go through it. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to go through it as well, but um, so far, how has it really affected you? Thus far, well, um, I mean, our lives were changed um, because uh, you used to <laughs> to bring a huge uh, amount of money on the table as compared to what I was making, so. If we are now going to take that huge chunk out of the table, definitely you you expect our lives to change forever. So, but I got to a stage where I had to accept that it is what it is. I cannot continue crying over spilled milk. <laughs> so I had to pick myself up and say, okay, look, things will never be the same. This is where we are right now. Hopefully in future things might change, but as it is right now, let's uh work with what we have. Yeah. yeah. For the sake of our listeners, I want to be clear that while uh you are a supportive wife and a strong pillar in my life, um uh this decision was when I look at it, unfair to you, especially that building up to this point, it is something that we had discussed and planned to deal with together. Look, there has been a, a lot of good that has come with it. There has been a lot of challenges as well. Um, and you have been supportive throughout. Um, and I think, um, if, if there's something I, I am very cognizant of is at the time, there are real challenges. But it was some, in, in hindsight, in context, it was an unfair decision. 
um, at the time, you know, the, despite the good, the planned um, uh, reality of what it was, why I was quitting my job and all that, there was a vision for it. But uh, just like you say, you could have handled it differently. I would have handled it differently, definitely. And and I believe that it brought some unintended consequences on us. And that's why I feel like it was an unfair decision in a way. And uh, that's why I kind of refer to you as a victim because then you have to be supportive. You have to to bear some of the consequences of this because we're in marriage and we are together. Um but really, in another aspect, you're a victim of circumstance. Even if your vows say for rich or for poor or for better or for worse, it's not <laughs> an yeah, excuse yeah, yeah. for that. But how have you managed to cope um, through all this? Because this is our sixth year since I I left my job uh, back then. Um, and how have you managed to cope and find your footing? Well, like I said... Uh You need to make progress in life. You cannot just be stagnant and say, well, this is where we are. Life has to go on. Life has to move on. So I, 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 I came to that realization to say, we, uh, it has happened. It has happened. Mm. So what's next for us? So should we be crying? About it? Hmm. No. Yeah, yes, we, 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 we can cry, but of, of what benefit will it bring? You know what I mean? We, we have to accept to say this thing has come. It's upon us, but then we have to move forward. And so, I am comfortable now in this situation and I believe and I trust that God is taking us to our intended destination. So I'm at peace. Speaking about that, um, like at the time, Mm -hmm. um, there is a change in our financial income and our status, obviously. but I would like to get a bit deeper in terms of particularly status, what people think of you and your family. And at the time, uh, what was the most difficult to come to come to terms with in terms of what people think of you and uh, your family at that time um, that things have changed? What was most difficult for you to come to terms with? I think the most uh, difficult thing was um, family looking down at us <laughs> because um, it, it, I mean we we've we've come to to learn a, a lot through all this and one thing that I can tell our listeners is that um, when you have money or you are financially stable, people will always come to you for help 
for their own selfish reasons. But when you don't have anything to offer them, they'll look down at or on you. And it has happened to us uh, through this uh, journey that we are talking about. Uh, we've got family and friends looking down at us because uh, they can't get one or two things from us because we're not able to, pro to, to provide those things to them. And... Uh, uh at the time it was very difficult for for me when someone asks me what my husband does because i would leave him at home with my kid <laughs> so he's a stay at home dad so and in an african culture i mean the man should be there to to provide and so for me to say he's at home it doesn't really uh, make sense to other people but but then with time i realized that he this man is just not staying home with the child but he's also doing other things you know what i mean um so he would be in the garden um, planting, he would be look uh, uh, doing what's this? <laughs> we, we, we're looking after the chickens. <laughs> so, if you look at it closely, you would realize that, well, the vegetables that we are eating at, uh, in the home are coming from the garden. The chickens that we are eating are also coming from the chicken yard. So, this guy is basically working. So. I should as I should as well say he's at home working. So I I started saying when someone asked me what my husband does, I would say he works from home. Okay. Um, so part of it was um, I was raising our son mostly from mm -hmm. feeding him, bathing him, looking after him, and all that while you're at work. Um, if I asked you, um, he's six years old now. Mm. If I asked you and put you on the spot, would you trade the time he's had being raised by a stay-at-home dad mm -hmm. for that long? Mm -hmm. uh, and... Frankly speaking, he hasn't missed anything in terms of material possessions. <laughs> There's always great uh, more things you could add, but would you really trade that if it came to it to a dad who was working? And I'm not justifying any of this, mm. but to what the quality of life that he's had? I would not trade it for anything. I mean, he's had the best uh, upbringing thus far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... He's had time to be with his father and just us knowing that he's being looked after 100%. I mean, we are his parents. We are, we should, we should be there for him. So I would never trade it for any other way. Okay. And I'll, I'll take it up a notch. 
would you trade um if you are given the choice today would you trade um the opportunity to have my kind of life or job before where i was traveling and working away from home and bringing in all the money that we need <laughs> we need that money to what we've had the past six years Well, uh, the traveling part, uh, no, <laughs> no, but maybe in another form. <laughs> <laughs> so some adjusted form of it. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to dig deeper into that, <laughs> but would you, would you say the the things that you have, uh, uh learned uh obviously you mentioned um the value of knowing uh who's there for you and who's not mm. in terms of family and friends who are just uh, who are there because they wanted something mm. but what else have you learned that's valuable throughout this period and also um what would you point to as the good things that have come out of it. Obviously, there have been challenges and downs have been there. The valleys have been there. But what have been the hills? What things that can you point to that uh, you've, as a good as has come out from it? Uh, I think uh, the biggest uh, lesson uh, that I've also learned is that um, when you go through this journey, you learn to work with what you have, you, you tend to value the little things that you have. Because most of the times when you have uh, plenty, you, you take things for granted. Yep. But when you go through things like this, you realize that um, every penny counts. Right. Yeah. So I think that's what I've learned. Okay. And... I would like to just take us back a bit to, okay, there's obviously a change of life. Mm -hmm. We have now got less income. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we talked about a bit about the stubbornness, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's clearly the valleys are deep at that point, especially early on. The times are hard. And the easiest solution is, come on, get a job. I want to get a bit into your mindset at the time when that didn't happen. What was that like for you? And um, how have you kind of um, dealt with it? Um, it's... it's um it's different when you are living with someone who who's not trying. But I see every effort that you you put in certain things. So I can't really say I should be mad at you for not taking us this direction. Because 
you've tried it and it's just not working you see so in my heart of hearts i ask god for patience because this is someone who who's just not sitting to say well i quit my job and it is what it is whether it's business whether it's um uh looking for other opportunities you 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 always try your best so that's how i i look at it you you every effort that you put in i think counts to me okay good so let's let's go a, a level deeper now we, together and individually we have endured many challenging phases um this side of our lives is, and i refer to this side of our lives as the life after i quit my job um uh or stepping out of a full-time job mm. and i think it is on this other side that i think mental health became a real thing at least for me many times you did see me down in this journey when when i was struggling with mental health to the extent that i once gave up on my faith completely so surprise to my listeners who haven't had any other podcast before uh, this one uh, where i completely gave up on my faith but and you saw me give up several times especially early on the first three years were critically hard and and yet i'm very grateful that you helped me up you stayed true to the course you stayed strong i'm i'm wondering i'm very curious as to how you cope with it yourself well uh, the bible does say that um, we will face trials in life so if we are going to face trials then god should know that uh, he will come through for us the, the 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 bible assures gives us an assurance to say even if you walk through all these things be of good cheer the lord has overcome them so it keeps me afloat just knowing that even if i go through certain things in life i have this assurance that the lord god almighty will see us through amazing so in terms of uh your own mental health mm-hmm. clearly i'm a, i'm a well publicized uh mental health uh struggler but uh, what do you do you believe in the challenges of mental health or people struggling with with that yeah i do and to what extent 
Um, mental health is a serious issue in the sense that um, most people do not have people to talk to. And as a result, uh, certain outcomes would would be avoided if they had someone to open up to and talk to. I am a victim myself in the sense that I I don't have friends that I can confide in and say, look, this is what I'm going through. Obviously, you 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 know you know this that I I don't have friends, but uh, but also for me, what has helped me is that because I'm a believer, I'm a believer in uh, the Lord God Almighty. I I look to Him and. It has helped me. So uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to get to it um, in a different way, obviously. Um, you don't have any friends. I've never seen anybody come visit you here or that. Uh, so the way I was going to ask this was, uh, how do you, what's your happy space and place? Because and that's an a very honest question. In case the listeners think it's because I don't know that honestly. Even I've been with you for over eight years. I don't know what your happy place is. For me, I <laughs> the garden is my happy space. Mm. I play basketball, mm, mm. and if I um I need to relieve, I have my faith. Mm. I will pray. I mm. trust my mm. God. Mm. But, but physically, I yes, wake yes, out yes, and yes, go yes. and say, I want to leave the house. That's my me space. Yes, when I'm yes, on the basketball court, everything goes out. No matter how much my surgery scarred me, I know I, that's my happy place. Yes. And my garden, I go in the garden and I'll be weeding and whatever mm. when I'm not working. Or I think that's my space away from you and the kids. Away from it. But that's my re- decompression space. But you as Sarah, you don't have any friends. Mm. If you're not confiding in me with, and there are things you can't confide in me, where, what's your happy space? How do you deal with everything? You still have to cook our dinner. You still have to encourage me. You still mm-hmm. have to, because now you're getting more involved in the business mm-hmm. and you have to work. Mm-hmm. There's all that stuff. And then there's stuff that you deal with as a person. What's your happy space? Where is your place? How do you decompress? Well, Jacob. After eight years being married to me, I'm happy to let you know my happy place. My happy place is the bathroom. When I'm bathing, hot water, shower, (laughs) it helps me. That's how I release all my stress bathing hot water being there away from you and the kids how many minutes does that take just like <laughs> <laughs> you're always knocking <laughs> yeah i was wondering because if my dinner is not on the table and you're bathing your happy space is like 
five minutes. No, but seriously, um, being in the shower is just the, uh, the best moment for me. Do you think you need more? Do you need to get out? Do you need a, a new activity? Maybe I should, but it helps me. It does help. That's yeah. sufficient for you. Mm. Do you have a secret life? Come on. Because <laughs> 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 bathing for me means five minutes is a lot. <laughs> Tell you. I, I mean, that's that, that's why I bath two times a day. <laughs> no, I mean, but but yeah, it, it does help me being in the shower. Is that, is that like, I'm thinking of, maybe we need to get you more, lots more bubble bath. Because. <laughs> maybe we should. Yeah. Yes. Because I, I, I'm, I'm thinking here and I'm probably sure a lot of other people are thinking the same thing. Like, how's that enough time to think through stuff? To say, gather my thoughts and. Let me get back to refocus. How is that enough time? Like, a, like that's like a millisecond. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, but seriously, the, the 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 shower does help. It's like it um, it helps um, release some level of stress, and it has helped me, and it has proved to be working for me. So I'm good. Are you an alien? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, I need I need to speak to you more about this. Um. Anyway, of of the of the microphone because it's <laughs> it's such a confounding space. I I'm wondering. I'm really wondering how that's enough for you to decompress because that's a lot of stuff there's a lot of stuff to process I'm thinking well, about maybe you should uh, try asking Chipo Chipo knows just how much I love the bathroom okay Chipo is um, <laughs> Ralph's wife uh, uh, that's my brother <laughs> I will speak to Chipo yeah you should you should ask her <laughs> okay as we wind up this segment, one of the many things I appreciate about you is that you have a, a very strong character. And I know that from living half my life with you. And I know that now, seeing that you communicate with your fellow aliens in the bathroom <laughs> in that five minutes or so. Uh, but I also know it comes from, part of it comes from someone um, whom I'm ne- I've never met, mm-hmm. um, a woman who raised you up. Can you tell our listeners who that person is and why she has given you such inspiration to be the woman you are now and help you cope with the challenges that you are facing? Um, well, that woman is the woman who raised me. I was raised by my mother's um, elder sister. And she was a very strong woman. In her family, she was the breadwinner, so to speak. And whenever she she saw a certain trait or 
a bad habit when we were growing up she would address it just right there and then so when i look back at the way she raised us i am so grateful because she she instilled discipline in us and she taught us and prepared us for the life challenges yeah yeah i i think i have met her through you because every time you describe her i i see everything that you tell me about her in you and she had such an imprint um the thing i most wonder about her is uh, relating to her is i think if she had lived a little longer mm-hmm. a year longer or so i don't think i would have met you and that's the honest truth because she had such a a vision for you mm. and where you would be you you would have been one of those uh corporate ladies <laughs> i see on tv <laughs> they'll be like huh <laughs> i don't think i'm marrying that one <laughs> not because she's a bad person but i'm like ah oh, she's up she's up there she's not my level no, you know what i mean yeah kind of yeah yeah so <laughs> for was, sure uh, and you are a no nonsense Yeah. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the, the 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 running joke in this house is that you you are too serious. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> one of no 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 way. If if anything, one of my my biggest doubts dating you was she's the best <laughs> girl I've ever met. <laughs> But I don't know if she will laugh enough because I'm goofy, you know what I mean? Like I love to have fun, you know. I'm used to hanging out with with this mad guy named Ralph since I was in the womb and and so I was like she's too serious. No, she's, but, not, but, but, she's not going to get no, my jokes. You'll be like no, what but, you're talking about. No, but I think you picked me because you wanted um, someone to realign you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put you on a straight path. <laughs> It's my podcast but today is your episode so I will go with it. I will go with it. I needed realignment. I needed a counterbalance. And and I like I'm I just go with it like I don't know if she's going to like this joke but I'm just going to go with it. Even if it means not putting sugar in your coffee and giving you to see what your reaction would be. <laughs> I'm like I don't know if she's going to be upset but I just want to see the end of it and live with the results, you know. <laughs> but but that's 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 who who you are. I, and I think in this family you are I'm a dreamer, the guy who goes after the big things. You are the leveler. You take you remind us of what the risks are mm. and if we want to go with it we should be ready for the consequences mm. and you ask us if we want to go with it and that comes a lot from 
from your late uh, mom. We call her your mom because mm-hmm. she's essentially yeah. the person who raised you. And your mom is alive, by the way, mm-hmm. your your biological mom. Yeah. But we get a lot of that, uh, her influence in this home and in our lives. So she was a no-nonsense lady, but we allow some nonsense in here. <laughs> yeah so um definitely grateful for her influences on you and the lord took her sooner Mm. i I think it was to facilitate me meeting you a lot of things that because when i met you you wanted to go to china (laughs) to go to china man (laughs) to do it yeah yeah but here we are Mm. and um She's such an inspiration. Yeah, she is. She is. Mm. Yeah, so rest. Great. So, part of our journey um, as we leave this mental health behind is we've learned so many things, hard lessons, mm-hmm. uh, tough lessons, and along the way, <laughs> we learned something important, which is like, home education, because our kids uh, homeschooled, or at least all of them will be. Mm. Um, along the way, we found out, out of necessity probably, at mm. first, we figured out um, that we wanted to educate our children a certain way. And part of it goes back to the status, and a lot of people, family and friends would say, we're probably doing it because we can't afford the school, mm. which is partly true. Schools are bloody expensive in, in <laughs> Zambia, at least quality schools. But ultimately, when we did our research, when at least I did my research before I brought the idea to you, was uh, the value that it has mm. over, and we've seen other people do it, and uh, we've met people have come from it. Uh, what did you think of it the first time? Because I think along the journey, we went to, we try. We 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 went to see different places. Mm-hmm. Um, I think speaking with Pete as well. Then we, 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 and I think it's a journey that we went through together. What was your first thought about it? Um, I think my biggest concern was uh, if we could manage um, educating our children from home. But looking at the advantages that it has, I think um, we are at peace with it and we we want to go that route. And um, I mean, most um, most people send their children to school and leave everything entirely on a teacher who has uh, so many uh, kids in a classroom. Not to say that it's a bad thing. Uh, I mean, situations uh, differ. But I think as a parent, when you decide to have a child, it's your responsibility to make sure that uh, the child is brought up well. And I think homeschooling for us has, uh, from what we've seen, uh, others who have uh, done the same thing, I think uh, it's better because you you tend to pick even the 
bad habits from a child before it goes deep you are able to pick it up there and then and address it so i think homeschooling for us is um, the way to go okay uh can you tell me uh, why you'd encourage another person from to do it because when you think about it in the long term it's 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 um quite affordable mm-hmm. it it makes sense but it's not essentially cheap no it's not cheap for context in in a zambian setup like we we have to pay the cost in us dollars mm-hmm. to pay the material we mostly earn uh in kwacha mm-hmm. which is a local currency mm-hmm. and we have to pay in us dollars which is uh, quite um it's 17 dollars 17 kwachas to a dollar mm-hmm. so in context it's not that cheap for people who think it's just the easy way out cheap mm-hmm. and in addition to that you have to do all the work do you know <laughs> it's there's no teacher or tutor on it so why would you encourage another person to do it well i would encourage another person to do it because um like i said you will get to spend more time with your children but also you'll be able to address those bad habits from from when they are still small as opposed to finding out that um a certain behavior has now outgrown you know so So uh I would encourage another person to do homeschooling because um it gives you an opportunity to be with your child to to pick up on the bad habits while whilst they are still s- small and be able to address them and also to be able to especially for this uh, curriculum that we we are using or to be able to share the word of god to your children and basically just to have fun with your children whilst they are still young good so what do you see yourself having because currently obviously because you work um full time and i don't i work part time um I I I'm currently doing this um the bulk of the homeschooling do you, what role do you see yourself having in the homeschool of our family uh do you see yourself doing it one day or is it something you'd rather leave to me no I uh, I would I would definitely want to also do a training yeah so that uh in an event you know there's so many things that happens in this uh, uh life So in case you are not around uh it, it doesn't have to disrupt the the school for our kids so in an event where you are out 
I can step in and do one or two things for that period that you're out because I also have the, the knowledge and uh, be able to just uh, stand stand in while you do the other stuff. And when I'm not around, you continue with the homeschooling. So I think it's best that I also do the training. Okay. Uh, similar to what... Um uh, the question was when, when people would ask what your husband does, what's your response and uh, approach to when people ask you, which school does your child go to? Because it's, it's, um, unlike in other cultures in Europe or wherever, homeschool is quite a, a new concept in, in Africa and particularly in Zambia. So, um, how, what's your approach and response to when people ask you, where does your son go to school? Um, <laughs> you know, that's uh, the, the best thing about uh, having gone through this journey. Hey? You don't really care what other people think. You get to a point where uh, it's my life. Like uh, Pete said in his... Uh, podcast that he runs his own race. We also run our own race. So we shouldn't care what other people think of us. As long as we know it's best for our child, best for our children, so we'll go with it. So I don't care what other people think about us homeschooling our children, but as long as you and I are in, on the same, uh, we are in agreement or we are on the same uh uh, level where we think this is best for our children, then we're good. Awesome. All right. Now, as let's put you back into focus, and um, I want to talk about your career, um, and also you are now fledgling into business. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for those people who think that uh the this is all about me uh i wanted people to also know that you're actually a star in your own right um Mm. except you like to be behind the scenes and you have your own career in biomedical science and uh, actually i've worked in there for 12 years uh can you Tell our listeners what your work is about and uh, what it entails. Um, I work in the laboratory, in medical laboratory, because there are so many <laughs> laboratories. Mm-hmm. Um, I work in a medical laboratory. We diagnose uh, diseases. Um, we contribute to the well-being of patients by releasing uh, reliable results. Meaning that if you are not feeling well, uh, we'll get a, we'll get a blood sample from you and check it to see, uh, exactly what might be cause, causing that. Is it a, a viral infection? Is it a bacterial infection? Uh, such. So that's basically my job. Okay. None of that registered in my head because I do not like hospitals. I do not <laughs> like needles. I do not like any. And so I, I know what you do because of 
just the title of it, but I have no idea basically in, into what biomedical. I, th- I think it's some sophisticated no, it, stuff. It's it, it, it's actually a, a backbone for the medical field in the sense that um, uh, we give the clinician or the doctors, uh, so to speak, uh, the direction of uh, the status of a patient. So the doctor might be thinking you have this, but when you bring your blood sample and we work on it, we'll be able to tell the doctor to say, this person is suffering from ABCD, and then the doctors will pick it up from there and uh, give you the right medication so that you can get better. Okay, so your blood samples and all this stuff, and all this machinery and whatnot. Because when I tell people what you do, they, they're like, wow, cool. I'm like, ah. <laughs> so she does something cool. I, I have, I, I think that, uh, every interaction or, or sort of exposure to biomedical stuff or biomedicine lab work and all that stuff is when you see science fiction movies and somebody's <laughs> doing something sophisticated. You see they're doing something, whatever, microscopes and all these analyzers. And I hear you speak about these things. I see your graphs somewhere in the house. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, just as long as it's not my blood group being assessed, I'm good. I'm good <laughs> so yeah. that's your work. And how did you stumble into this career? Because <laughs> uh, you wanted to go to China. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Anyway, uh, it, I don't really think I I wanted to do this program, but I remember after I completed my grade 12, uh, my mother had a friend who used to work in the laboratory. So she took me there and I asked her a few questions about the the course and she explained and and I think it was interesting. <laughs> at that time <laughs> so i decided to give it a try and that's how i applied and i was accepted and uh, that's how my journey in this uh, career started awesome so recently you ventured into a small business i'm the <laughs> pers- business person in this house i'm the one who talks about business and all this stuff and obviously you are a director in our company, uh, but I do most of the heavy lifting because you have to work, you have to look after the kids and all that stuff. But um, obviously, you are much more involved now. Mm-hmm. Over the years, you've been more involved. But now you've ventured into your own small business. Yeah. Um, and I've seen a lot of your energy in trying to really do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously, into the, you're into the uh, biomedical sciences in terms of your career, but you're venturing into something different. You really don't give yourself much credit for it, but you're good at selling. If I, <laughs> if if I'm, if we're gonna buy something in town, and I went alone, I would pay much higher price than you would because one, you're a good negotiator. You're always like, is that how much you're going to sell this thing? Like you're much better. Secondly. You're much better at selling than me. I couldn't be bothered about people. I have the least people skills. <laughs> I live in my... But you you naturally can sell. And one of the reasons I'm excited about you venturing into business is I know 
it will really benefit us greatly because once you're involved, you're the face of it. I like to be in the background doing the hard work. But you doing your own business. I'm not involved in this business. Obviously, I do benefit from it when you buy <laughs> dinner and all that. From it. But it's your own thing. But you're good at selling. You are good at selling. Um, and you are now starting to take advantage of it. Tell me about uh, your ventures into business, particularly now you are in the skincare arena, product <laughs> arena with our good friend uh, Mandy, who is uh, now a self-renowned herbalist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... <clears throat> uh, uh Mandy <laughs> Mandy and I are trying to work on on this uh skin care uh product. We we believe it can it can it we can make it big because um we are trying to do it the natural way as opposed to uh, to the artificial, you know, the, we are, we, we want to use the, the organic, um, ingredients for, 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 for this product. Because we believe if we can take good care of our skin, then, um, we, we reduce, we reduce a lot of, uh, issues with skin care. With, 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 with skin, we will reduce a lot of uh, issues with the skin. So, Mandy and I thought we come up with, um, uh, certain things that we can try and see if it works. And so far, uh, it's working. It's, it, it, we, we, we can testify because we started using these products on our skin. So it's working and now we are trying to sell it to others so that they can also try it and see how it works. So, so you've sold it to me. So you're it's good at selling. You, see? <laughs> you, you, you talk me into it. Yeah. So what else do you want to try out in business? Uh, I personally think you've got great potential. What do you want to try out? Uh, I'm trying to see if we can also uh, try um, hair products. Okay. Yeah, uh, we will see how it goes, but we are thinking in that direction. All right. Mm. Talking about adventures in business, uh, you're also jumping into the farming arena, mostly because it's all I to ever talk about, and you're keenly interested in dairy farming. Uh, tell me how you came to that point and... What your plans are for this? Well, if you live with a person who's always uh, dreaming about the farm, you start to think of how you can also be part of that uh, dream. And so um, I've saved enough money to take myself to, uh, to school. I want to do this short intensive uh, program in daily farming because um, if we are going to achieve uh, what's uh, to achieve that dream, 
then I would definitely also need to play a huge role in that. And so I thought uh, since we want to have um, cattle at our farm, uh, then let me see what I can do and also be able to contribute to that farm in that area. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm... So Tyler, our son, came up with the milk mom. <laughs> I thought I like, I kind of liked it. I think that's what we'll call our, <laughs> our cow <laughs> and our dairy business, the milk mom. Mm. Right. I, I, as we wind up, which is our very last, uh, segment, um, you are a very private person, at least when it comes to sharing our story. I think, uh, I'm more the, the talking guy <laughs> who's mm-hmm. uh, a free storyteller. Tell me what you thought the first time I said I want to start a podcast. Well, um, to be honest, I, I think this time around I was uh, flexible in the sense that at first you remember you were writing. You had that yeah, blog. I used to have a blog. <laughs> yes, and... I think I contributed to you stopping writing. So when you said you wanted to start this thing, I was like, okay, I made him stop the blog. So maybe I felt like you naturally have this desire for, for this thing. So why should I be a stumbling block every time. So if it's something that he wants to do, then I should as uh, as well support him. So when you told me about it, it took me back to the blog and I thought, because it's something that you like, why not? Let me just support you. So. And here you are on the actual podcast, (laughs) sharing your story. Okay. You're one of my consistent listeners, at least in this house. Mm. So you're always listening to the podcast. So there must be something I'm doing right there. <laughs> you're doing a great job. That's the probably <laughs> the only thing that uh, I'm saying that you listen to. <laughs> which which of the podcasts have been your which that you like the most? Which one did you like? Or oh, maybe there's more. And why? And why? Um, I think I like the one you did where you spoke about child loss because I felt you were also talking to other people who have gone through the same and you encouraged them to some extent. So I like that one. Okay. Mm. Are you looking forward to hearing yourself speak on this one? I'm excited. I can't wait. So what's next for you? Well, right now, um, just praying that all goes well. And uh, uh, I'm hoping we get to that stage where we will be able to make our dreams come true. So hopefully that time comes soon. 
Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming to the show. I'm glad you went through with it. <laughs> I think I was never going to be satisfied with doing a podcast without having you on here. Mm-hmm. And I think people will be most interested in hearing your perspective. Hopefully we can have you back here again, talk yeah. about something else as well, or anything more. Uh, but before you go, what's for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> amazing discussion and conversation we had i mean uh, you heard it yourself from her this hasn't been an easy road but we're so excited of what's ahead but more importantly you get to hear how balanced um, life really is when we all hold hands and walk together but even more so um, that when we make certain decisions it's not always about you uh about yourself but there are other people involved and in this case my wife was a victim hope you had a great show and learned something from this show please as we start season two i do ask that we get a little more feedback and interact with you so i can hear what your thoughts are about the show previous shows and in this new show as well this is the pretender podcast i'm out Inaendeshwa na Afripods.